Taylor Walker from the Abbey Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon here from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GOS Giants. That's Brad Avery from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Let's talk about the number 46 player in the 50 most relevant for 2019. Hello, MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're doing well. I hope January's treating you nicely. And your pre-season for fantasy footy is tracking along. To help me talk about one of the big-name recruits from the off-season, I thought I should get a Tigers supporter on board. So I got Jimmy back. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, I'm much better, mate. You brought me on a couple of nights ago for a bomber and then last night for a Carlton player. I think it was about time we put the foot down and brought in someone good. So <laughs> here we go. Let's let's talk about old mate Tom Lynch. Uh, let the bias fly early, ladies and gentlemen. But it's with good, good reason. Look, he's 26 years old. Um, a phenomenal, phenomenal tall forward when he's fit and firing. Um, but he can score. Um, even though 2018 wasn't a great year for him from a fantasy perspective and from a health perspective, this guy's got some ceiling. 139 was his best last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. That was against the Blues. In that same game was his best super coach score, 180. Yeah, I, yeah, I know it's Carlton, but you still don't get 180 without being a darn good footballer. And that's I what he delivered. I want to quickly interject on that too. Guess who he plays in round one this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, don't you worry. Uh, his average last year across all formats was, was down considerably. Just the 67.1 in AFL Fantasy Dream Team, 78.4 in Supercoach. So he's priced at, um, yes, what he averaged, but he's priced at considerably less than what he has done historically. It just wasn't a good year for him. Um, despite our entering into the year, you know, relatively fit and firing, uh, about six weeks into the year, the Gold Coast coach, Stewie Dew, came out and said, look, he's been battling a knee injury. He actually had a sore ankle from playing a couple of games at Optus Stadium. I don't know if you remember earlier in the year, Jimmy, there were some complaints that maybe the ground was a, a little bit firm as the kind of curators were, you know, kind of learning the ground and getting it very much in the, you know, fine shape that it's in now, not just for football, but for all sports, but... You know, he spent a couple of weeks away getting his body right again. And he did play the next kind of couple of months, you know, month or so, around 11 or 14 he played. Um, but after that, the decision was made. Sent him away for surgery on his PCL. And that was it for him for the year, but also as a son. Um, look, a couple of 80s in there across the format and that big score against Carlton. But really, 2018 was, was a year of disappointment and frustration for Tom Lynch, let alone for fantasy coaches that jumped on him, because there were promising signs in his career that he was going to be a top 10 forward. Oh, absolutely. But uh, at least, as we know now, his year finished on a high note and he got traded to <laughs> Richmond. And uh, here we go. Look, I think there's a, there is a lot to like here. Um, you know, as you say, he's, he's scoring. And, and people forget how, you know, and people forget very quickly sometimes, I think, just how well, he can score from time to time. And, and you look at him and go, yeah, you know, like we were talking about with Danaher the other night, you know, he's a he's a key forward. You don't pick key forwards unless they're buddy. But when he's scoring the way that he does with the sort of consistency that he can, he will have the odd poor game. But you take that with the 180 that he gets as well, and it, it works out all right, I think, just quietly. Oh, I think so too. Let's jump to his best season in fantasy footy. 2016, he averaged 86 um, in Dream Team and Fantasy that year. Um, and he managed to go 80 or more in 16 matches. Seven of those were hundreds. And he went on two really impressive scoring runs that year. 
Between round one to five, he averaged 101 with a lowest of 81. And then in his final 11 games of the season, he had just the one score below 80, and he averaged 93.5 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. This is from a guy who right now is averaged, in terms of his price, in the high 60s. So you're looking at names like Stephen Motlop, Rory Lobb, and his fellow new teammate, Shane Edwards, are in that similar pricing range. Yet, he's done, in big chunks of seasons, high 90s in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. For Supercoach, it gets better. It gets better. During that year, in 2016, he averaged 93, which is awesome enough as it is. Um, He scored north of 90 in 13 matches. Nine of them were tons. Four of them were big 120-plus scores. And in those same run of games, around 1 to 5, he averaged 105 with a lowest score of 71. While in his final 11 games of the year, he only dropped his score below 82 just once, and he averaged 101. If Tom Lynch gets anywhere near those numbers, based on what he's priced at, It's a really hard decision to choose to pass on him rather than to start on him. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And 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 I'm trying not to let my bias come into this too much. And it, it is a hard thing because I liked him before he came to the Tigers, and now I'm just head over heels. It's um, but you look at. Just, just for comparison's sake, those numbers you spoke about mm. there in his 2016 season at Gold Coast, um, his 29, uh, 2019 season is going to be at Richmond. <laughs> he's, uh, again, as we spoke about with Danaher the other night, his uh, quality and quantity of supply to the forward line should be a little better than it was then. Fair call. Um, I'd imagine. Uh, and not only that, with the, the two new rules this year designed for Fords to kick more goals with the the six 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 setup, and the Fords being allowed to put hands in the back of mm. defenders now, um, both of those things are going to make him a very hard man to stop one on one in a forward line. And you think, um, yeah, you know, clearances haven't been Richmond's strongest point sure. over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, you know, f- fair to admit. But uh, any time that uh, the ball can get in there quickly, he's going to be very hard to stop from kicking goals. And uh, kicking goals is where he's going to get a lot of points this year. There was such a great reason for why Richmond went after him because he is, in my opinion, one of the best key forwards in the game. And because we haven't seen him as much due to injury of the past 12 months and then before that, out of sight, out of mind at Gold Coast, uh, make no mistake about it, Tom Lynch is one of the best forwards in the game. And he's had great fantasy seasons as well. Yes, 2016 was a ripper, but between 2014 and 17, his lowest super coach average was 83, with that peak of 93. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, a peak of 86, but his lowest was 75. So even just off, you know, kind of hedge your bets and go in the middle there of his best and his worst, he's still presenting 10, 15, 20 points per game value for you. So there's huge value here. Take in then the fact the quality of players that are around him. He did have some very good players at Gold Coast. Make no mistake about it. Take in the new rule readjustments that have come in that do play to some taller players um, having some benefits. 
this guy's a, a, a jet. He's a fierce competitor. Um, he, he will work tirelessly on the lead. He's not just a stay inside 50 guy. He'll work his way up and down the ground because he's like 200 centimeters or, you know, a centimeter or two away, you know, a kilo or two away, um, from being a hundred kegs. He's hard to beat in a contest, body on body, got a great reach about him. And then for a dude that's basically, you know, the 200-100 combo in terms of centimetres and kilos, this guy will add ground pressure. Um, He's not just going to stand there and let the likes of Rioli, Butler, um, Bolton do all the work. He's going to play his part in that as well. Uh, and then top it off, he's, he's a fantastic human being and a brilliant leader. So I, I think while the, some of those he's, things he's aren't... the tiger fit, supporter here, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I, oh. I enjoyed that. I'll, I'll be listening to this podcast again and oh. again and again, and not just for the sound of my own voice. That... Uh, that was beautiful poetry by you just now. All right. Well, well, let's say something that's a little bit negative. Um, no, it's not. Um, it, it's it, there. There is a real reason why Richmond went after him, and, and Tiger fans have known it for a couple of years, and and it got exposed in the preliminary final against Collingwood, and you know for the past eighteen months, two years, Richmond have kind of snuck away with it, but they really have been lacking with some tall forward options outside of Jack Rewalt. It really got exposed on that preliminary final night where the talls of Collingwood were able to just intercept, peel off. There were so much other things that didn't go right for Richmond that night, but it really kind of was emphasised as they were bombing the ball in long, trying to get out of the pressure. And it was just double and triple teaming Jack Rewalt. Tom Lynch now becomes the best key forward in that side, freeing up Jack Rewalt. What a crazy thought that is. Um, so, so that's one of the key reasons why Richmond have gone after Tom, is because he's such a great forward. Yes, it's planning for a future without Jack, but it's also adding for, at, at least from a non-Tiger's perspective, probably what's been one of the Achilles heels of the club that finally got exposed. But gosh, it took a while to expose it. Oh, that's it. And uh, we got ours in the meantime, so I can't be too mad. But, no, exactly. Uh, look, I think in, in all seriousness, though, um, looking at him from it, just from a value point of view, um, looking at his potential and his possibility of what he can score based on what he has yeah. and based on what we know about 2019 season, where he is and what the rules will be compared to what he's had to work with before, um, I feel that there is a lot of value and a lot of potential there for him to become in that, in Supercoach especially, in yeah. that upper you know, potential top 10 to, to 15 bracket of forward comfortably. Um, and, and at the price that he's at, that is uh, a huge advantage. And even if he doesn't quite get there, the value that he offers, mm. given given his price to his uh, probable output, uh, yep. and, and I do say that with inverted commas, um, that to me makes excellent sense. From a, a dream team and, and, um, and prices haven't been released for fantasy, but I imagine so there as well, but, there is a little less fat on the bones. Yeah. You are banking uh, on uh, what I've been saying before being being accurate in that increased output. Um, yeah. you know, he is close to, to 500,000 in Dream Team there. Is there enough meat on that bone if he doesn't become a top 10 forward? It is questionable. I yeah. Think. Um, so if you are picking him, I think you're picking him with that hope or, or expectation that he does. Um, in Supercoach, though, I think it's a, a very strong bet and, and, and definitely worth a, a very, very careful consideration. Yeah, he, he's shown he can do it before in all formats, but most evident in mm. Supercoach. And that's where you can have the most confidence. Um, yeah. How the, the rules um, you know, impact Tom Lynch, we, we, 
yet to really see in full. That's what the JLT is going to be huge in. You know, fantasy uh, websites and podcasts just like ours, we, we could all have egg on our face face very very easily um you know with all these calls and comments because there are some major rule impacts that are coming in that could help and hinder people's fantasy impacts how does richmond's game style evolve you know with him inside 50 it's going to have to adapt to some capacity um i don't think it's going to hinder their scoring potential or or lynch's fantasy output but you know these are the questions that you know that are great to converse about and to process and and to think about um, the thing you mentioned right at the top um was there's two things um, that I'm, I'm interested about. One, I know plenty of coaches have the no key position player rule except Buddy, but I think when you do that, you lose the potential of what Tom could be. He's arguably the biggest player that moved sides in the preseason and in super coach more than anywhere else. You can build a case from being right on the edge of a top 10 averaging forward for the price of considerably less. The second thing, is I think Tom's made to play at the MCG. He said that was the main reason he'd left the Gold Coast Suns. It was, I want to play finals, and I want to play at the G. Um, he loves to play on the big stage. He, he's missed that as a part of his life. He's wanted to play in finals. These things are going to happen at Richmond. And then the greatest news of all is he plays round one against Carlton. In three of his past four games... In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, three of his past four, there's one stinker in there, full disclosure. Three of his past four have been 139, 132, and 123. In Supercoach, oh, my friends, it gets better. Same three out of four, 112, 161, 180. I could see some fantasy coaches getting rewarded on that Thursday night game going for Tom Lynch. Well, you could just uh, just about put a sneaky VC on him that night, couldn't you? I would be if I had him, that's for sure. Oh, yes, very nice. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about where we're going to draft um, Tom Lynch. I feel like uh, some of these guys, especially in the 40s, are really hard to place because they, they are relevant, um, but there's reasons why they're positioned where they are. Um, on potential, again, he's as we've said a few times this episode, he could push that top 10 to 15 across formats. More super coach than others, but he, he could push that. And because of that, um, you know, you may get a bullish <coughs> Jimmy uh, Richmond fan drafting him a, a little bit early. Um, but because of his injury-interrupted season and, and probably a down year as a whole, I, I think you won't have to pay up for him. Um, unless you've got a couple of Tiger fans in the league. So I, I think you're always going to get some bias there. But gosh, if you could pick him as an F4, that's a huge win. I think F3 is a bit more realistic. So he mm-hmm. becomes someone that's not a top 10 draft selection in terms of rounds, but you know, round 11, 12, 13, depending on size of squads and numbers of coaches in, he could be there because you could be picking up an F4 with the value pick of an F2 in return. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and what um, and, and I hinted on this when we were talking about Danaher is again um, Lynch is a, a perfect option for that type of forward to fill your gaps in a draft league if you decide to focus on other lines first. Um, and if you use your first ten picks trying to pick three quality defenders, four mm. or five gun mids, and a, a decent ruck, um, you know, get a forward somewhere along the way where you can, and then you're coming into to your rounds 12, 13, 14, 15, and you're picking up guys like a Lynch and a Danaher and, and these types who who should be, in theory, good for a solid 75-ish, but could also push to 95 and, 
and have that ceiling to do the 120 pluses from time to time, um, that's a not a bad strategy, I think, to be going into a draft with, personally. It's something we're going to talk about a whole heap here at the Coaches Panel right throughout the pre-season, um, and that is that there are so many different strategies you can look to go to and ways to approach the draft, and then yeah. when things happen in draft, how you can be fluid in those moments to ensure that, yes, you've got to have a plan, but the plan's got to be so mobile that if things change, you've got to be adaptable because, yeah, you could build a value-forward line with the likes of just guys we've spoken about already, uh, mm. Danaher and Lynch, and you're paying, you know, 60s average in terms of where they're being ranked, but you could get a high 80s, 90s return. Like, uh, what a massive win for you. And equally as likely, you don't get that. But it all depends on the strategy that you go It takes one bastard to pick him one pick before yours, and suddenly your whole strategy goes out the window. So exactly. you've got to be adaptable. Um, one thing I would mention, though, is um, Lynch is uh, one of those players, too, that if I'm in a keeper league and I don't already own him, I'd be going hard. Now's the time. He starts. Yeah. Now is the time to go for him. Because um, the guy that's got him is probably sick of him not playing and is more than likely remembering the average scores rather than the good ones. Yep. Um, and you should be able to pick him up a lot cheaper than he's worth. Yeah, and there has been some talk that, you know, he had a bit of clean-out surgery as well, you know, out through no- November, December, and it isn't quite yet back into full training, and that's not uncommon for um, for yep. players too to be not be in full training at this point of the preseason. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you're a Keeper League owner, I, I love having forwards that I think have huge ceiling and scoring potential, but also that you're not going to have to be like, they're a midfielder one year, um, they're a forward the next year, midfielder for two years. It, it, it's so hard. I think the benefit of... You do maybe sacrifice some scoring ceiling. Um, what you do, though, get is you get a guaranteed forward in your side. So guys like Lynch, you know you're going, if he's fit and firing, I can't see a planet he's not scoring 80-plus, you know, in terms of seasonal average in any format. And that's a huge thing that you can bank on. And I agree. If I was in a keeper league and the owner wasn't a Tigers supporter, go after him. Don't go too hard because they'll realise what you're up to. Um, you know, they're like, why is he going after him so much? There's some value here. But if you can jag him, um, I think he's going to return massive value for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not very keen. All right, man. Appreciate your thoughts today on Tom Lynch. Happy to, mate. Always happy to talk to Argus. Yeah, I thought you would be, mate. Of course, if you want to check out the article of me gushing a little bit on Tom Lynch, too, you can check that out at coachespanel.tv. You can get all the details to support us at our Patreon and all the links you need to be able to go back and check through every single player that has been revealed so far. And a new article series as we go club by club, looking at all these players that we think if there was a player from a side you were going to lock in, who is it going to be? Who's a breakout potential? Some draft smokies, a cash cow, a breakout option. You could go and check that out from a number of members of the Coaches Panel. Those articles dropping every couple of days. You can find that too at coachespanel.tv. One of my most favorite players to watch in the entirety of the AFL lands at number 45. I'll give you a clue about them at 9 o'clock Eastern Daylight Savings Time. But that's a pretty good clue. Actually, that narrows it down to about 85.